0: Hello and welcome back to Talk Through the Bible, the podcast where we talk about the Bible cover to cover, Genesis to Revelation. I'm your host, August. And before we get into the main part of our show today, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at Talk through the Bible productions at gmail.com. That's talk through the Bible productions at gmail.com. Or if you want to leave a voice message, you can go to anchor.fm slash a dash r-e-y m-a-n 12 slash message. Once again, that's anchor.fm slash a dash r-e-y m-a-n 12 slash message. And I'll leave both those links in the show notes. Alright, well, last week, we left off around the year 4004 B.C. We went through Genesis chapters 1 and 2, which covered the creation of the earth and plants, animals, man, and his wife. And everything was perfect. They were in paradise. Everything was going just fine. Well, until chapter 3, that is and everything kind of went downhill, and there were some pretty sad people, and we have a birth in the family. Thus the title of this week's episode, Sadness and Sons. This week's portion of scripture we will be reading and talking about is Genesis chapter 3 through chapter 4 down to verse 15, and it reads... And he said, Who told thee that thou was naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou should not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. And Adam also, and to his wife, did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us, to know good and evil. And now, lest he put forth his hand, and also take of the tree of life, and eat, and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man, and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain, and said, I have gotten a man from the Lord, and she bare his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass, that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground, an offering unto the Lord, and Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock, and of the fat thereof, and the Lord had respect unto Abel, and to his offering. But unto Cain, and to his offering, he had not respect. And Cain was very wroth, and his countenance fell. And the Lord God said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth, and why is thy countenance fallen? If thou do well, shalt thou not be accepted, and if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass, when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and slew him. And the Lord God said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. "'Am I my brother's keeper?' And he said, "'What hast thou done? "'The voice of thy brother's blood "'crieth unto me from the ground, "'and now art thou cursed from the earth, "'which has opened her mouth "'to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. "'When thou tillest the ground, "'it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. "'A fugitive and a vagabond "'shalt thou be in the earth.' "'And Cain said unto the Lord, "'My punishment is greater than I can bear.' Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth, and from thy face shall I be hid, and I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. And it shall come to pass that every one that findeth me shall slay me. And the Lord said unto him, Therefore whosoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. And the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Alright, let's get into the, I guess you could call it the analysis portion. Let's talk about it here. So, in the first part of chapter 3, I found four big mistakes that were made. Mistake 1 was adding to God's word. If you go to verse number 3, the woman said that God said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it lest ye die. Well, let, let, let's let check that there. Go back to Genesis chapter 2, verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Well, wait a second. There There's something missing in that verse. I do not see where God said that you can't touch it. You could have touched it all you want. You just can't eat of it. Do whatever you want. Play baseball with it. Just don't eat it, or you're going to die. So that was mistake one, was adding to God's word. The second mistake was second-guessing God, or we could call it sinning against God. But second-guessing God kind of fits it better. Because verse 6 says that when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and it was pleasant to the eyes, and the tree to be desired to make one wise. I bet Eve thought that God was trying to keep them from being wise, keeping knowledge from them. She second-guessed God on his own decision. The third mistake I found was hiding from God. If you go to verse number 8, Adam and his wife, they hid themselves from God. Now, if that is not an admission of guilt, I do not know what is. And you really can't point fingers at anyone else, because there was no one else. They ran from God, and that's just... I mean, if you do something and you run away... Do they even need any more proof than watching you do it and running away? Mistake number four, I view this as a almost, well, I guess we could call it the second biggest mistake, was passing the blame. The woman said it was the serpent. The man said it was the woman. They passed the blame. They pass the buck around. Just own up to it. You did it. Own up to it. And leave the situation with a little bit of dignity and respect from the other person. And the respect you gain is respect of telling the truth. Now, they told the truth indirectly. Well, the woman gave it to me, so I, I ate it. Well, the serpent said, N- and I ate it. Just own up to it. The curses pronounced happens in verses 14 through 19. The curse of the serpent is that he is cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field and he going to eat dust all the days of his life and there will be enmity put between him and the woman. The curse of the woman is pain in childbirth. The curse of the man is working until he dies. Thorns, thistles, weeds, I mean, the landscaper's nightmare. Now, one of these verses, especially verse 15, is a prophecy. That's right. Verse 15, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. That is the first prophecy of Christ. But we'll get into more prophecies later. Enmity. Well, what is enmity? The definition from Webster says it is hatred, or a synonym of that, hostility. There will be hatred between the snake and the woman, the snake's seed and the woman's seed. And now we have coverings. There's two coverings that we see here. The first covering is an incomplete covering. Man tried to make himself hidden. I guess he tried tried to cover up what his sin was. Verse number 7, they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Well, that wasn't good enough. Only God could make a satisfactory covering, which he did so in verse 21. He made Adam and his wife coats of skins and clothed them, and that was good. The fig leaves were not good enough. Now, when God had did it, it was perfect. Now, in verse 22, we have a bit of an interesting conversation. I call it the conference. Where God said, Behold, man is become as one of us. That indicates there's more than one person. If we go back to chapter 1 of Genesis, verse 26, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Now, who is this us? We know one of the us's is God. The other would be Jesus, as is claimed in John chapter 1. Now, the Holy Spirit could have been there, too, so it could have been a conference between the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and God. It doesn't say that, but that'd be a pretty good guess. That's my opinion. Take it or leave it. Maybe it's worth five bucks. You could go buy a Starbucks with it. Now, the conference they had was how to protect the tree of life which if man ate of it, he would live forever. And that's a scary thought. If you look at today's situation with, you know, politics, and you look at the news with all these things going on, I mean, sinful man living forever is a really terrifying thought. So to protect against that, God drove the man out of the Garden of Eden. And he set up cherubims and a flaming sword, which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. And then in verse number one, a son named Cain. And then in verse two, she bare his brother Abel, the two first children. There we go. We got the presidential family, the first man, the first lady, and the first children. And we have sacrifices, which is a form of, I guess you could call it atonement, which we will get into details of sacrifice later in the book of Genesis and on into Exodus, Leviticus, and all those law books. Abel's offering was from his flock, and Cain's offering was from his garden, because it says he was a tiller of the ground. And God had respect to Abel's offering, but not unto Cain's offering. And then we have a conversation between God and Cain, which happened in verses 6 and 7 of chapter 4. God asking Cain, why is he mad? Why is your countenance fallen? If you do well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou don't do well, sin lies at the door. We have a warning. You do good you'll be accepted. God will have respect. If you don't do good, sin waits for you. It lies at your doorstep. And that was a very good warning. Too bad it wasn't heeded, though. Because in verse 8, Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and probably he was luring him. He was setting him up. And it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and slew him. He killed him. Sin lying at the door took full possession of Cain. And God asked Cain, where's Abel? And Cain gives kind of a a smart mouth answer. He says, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? Oh, was I supposed to look after him? Really? I didn't know. And, and, I mean, you are talking to the creator of you. And you have the audacity. You have the boldness to go with that answer. Am I my brother's keeper? Or was I supposed to take care of him? Oh, really? No one told me. And then... God pronounced judgment. And he drove him out into the earth. He was going to be a fugitive and a vagabond. And the earth was not going to give any of her strength when Cain tilled the ground. He was going to have a very hard, painful life. And Cain said in verse 13, My punishment greater than I can bear. It's more than I can take. So, God had a little bit of mercy upon him. Because now Cain is... I guess you could say he's wanted. He's a fugitive. It says in verse 12, he's wanted. $10,000, dead or alive, preferably dead. So, God said, whoever slayeth Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. So whoever killed Cain, if Cain was ever killed, that person would get vengeance taken upon them sevenfold. So that would stop people, I guess you could say, from killing Cain. Because you see in verse 15... At the end there, and the Lord set a mark upon Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. Kind of like a hey, protected by God stamp. And if anyone killed him, woe to that person. So mercy was taken upon Cain in that no one was ever going to kill him. And if someone did, then that person would have vengeance taken upon them sevenfold. And that is Genesis chapter 3 through chapter 4, verse 15. All right, and that wraps up another episode of Talk Through the Bible. And if you have any comments about today's episode or any questions, you can email me at TalkThroughTheBibleProductions at gmail.com, voice message, anchor.fm slash a r-e-y m-a-n 12 slash message. Uh, as I said in the beginning, those will be in the show notes. Next week, we will be talking about how to build a boat, also known as The Flood, Part 1.